in. I'm excited to be here with you today. Happy New Year. As you can see, we have balloons on the ceiling. Guess what's going to happen to these balloons today? They are going to drop at some point tonight. We're having our New Year's Eve party here at Mercy from 4 to 6.30. And I believe at 6.30, we will do a countdown 10, 9, 8, and then when it hits 1, the balloons will drop, and we will party, we will celebrate, we will dance, uh, and you get to, like, your kids get to feel like they stayed up until midnight when it's just, like, 6.30, right? Then you get to go home and put them to bed at a normal time. So uh, it's going to be really fun tonight, so I encourage you to come out for our New Year's Eve party today um, at 4 p.m., 4 to 6.30. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a lot of fun. And, um, and I'm excited to be here with you all today. Again, my name is Leo. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, that's Mercy Youth, our, our youth ministry is sitting over there. Real quick, girls, I ha actually have something for you guys today to take notes on. I want you to, um, to, 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 if you want to take a couple notes or make drawings, whatever you do, but I want you to keep it to the end of the service because I want you to do something that's special in the service. So shout out to some of our Mercy Youth girls. They're going to go around and pass them out to you guys real quick. Just, just going to go hang them out. So they're going to do that. And um, they're great. They're my little helpers today. So as they're doing that, I got a couple questions for you all. Um, when I say, when I say um, <laughs> New Year's resolutions, what comes into your mind? When I say Happy New Year, what's the first thing that comes into your mind whenever I say those things? What comes to your mind? Come on, shout out. Talk to me. What? Exercise, right? You think about New Year's resolutions, right? That's really good. That's good. What else? What else do you think about when you think about New Year's resolution? Whenever you think about New Year's, when I think about Happy New Year's, do you think about balloons and party and celebrations? Do you guys think about that? Fireworks. What? Fireworks. fireworks. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. In Brazil, I'm from Brazil. Hello. <laughs> In Brazil, our big firework day is not 4th of July because obviously, right, it's Brazil. Right? Our big fireworks day is actually New Year's Eve. Right, when the clock hits midnight, man, the whole country lights up with fireworks. It's amazing. It's beautiful to watch. Yeah, it's fun. Oh, I, I got to watch that on TV some. Uh, what else? What else comes to your mind when I talk about the new year? Whenever I talk about Happy New Year, New Year's? What? Elisa's birthday. Hey, happy birthday. That's awesome. We're going to do like we do at Mercy You. If we do, whenever somebody's birthday, we sing a special birthday song. Y'all ready? Here we go. This is your birthday song. It isn't very long. That's it. <laughs> and we just keep it moving. <laughs> Happy birthday. So what else? Okay, so we think New Year, New Year's, New Year's resolutions. We think New Year's celebrations. We think about those things, right? We think about parties on New Year's Eve. But then we also think about resolutions, exercise more, read more, do this and that. So we think about those things. Isn't that right? How many of you here are New Year's resolution type of people? Right? How many of you are like, are good? You make them and you keep them and then you check back at the end of the year. It's like, yes, I improved myself this year. And next year I will improve myself this year. How many of you are actually like capable of doing that? No one? There was one person in the first service. And now I want to take notes from her. Right? Because <laughs> I am not that person. I, um, I shared the story um, a couple years ago, I made a New Year's resolution of doing one push-up a day for a year, right? I was like, yeah, just, just one push-up. Every day I'm going to do at least one push-up, right? And my idea was of, like, making something that's really easy to achieve so I can just do it and, like, even if I miss, I can just get caught back up in it. Like, if I miss five days, I just knock out five, you know, push-ups. No big deal, right? 
So I, I, I was like, that's smart. I'm going to do that. And like, if I just do one, I'm probably going to end up doing 10. Maybe doing a little bit more. Next thing you know, I'm doing like 100 push-ups a day or something. That was my idea, right? And then, um, uh, like I did day one for sure, right? Knocked out a few day one. Day two, I did a, you know, I continued. Day three, I forgot. Day four, I forgot. Day five, I remember, so I tried to catch up. Day five. And then um, I, 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 I forgot about it all the way up until like the last couple of weeks when I was working this message. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did do that resolution once. <laughs> and, oh, and that's how it went. I made it five days, right? Now, I have done some push-ups since then, but just not in the spirit of my New Year's resolutions because it just completely failed. Does anybody relate with me? Right? Does that happen to all of you, right, sometimes? Or how many of you here are the people who are like, you know what, I just give up on doing New Year's resolutions because they never work, and I tried, and they never, and I, yeah, I'm like, I'm somewhere between trying to give it a go and just giving up completely because New Year's resolutions don't work on me. New, new year, new me, that's, you know, only by the grace of God. Amen. So, the two things that people think about when they think about New Year's, like New Year's Eve, New Year's, they think about celebration, and they think about resolution, they think about change, they think about the things that we need to improve. New Year's is also a time where we reflect, where we think about our lives, where we think about the year, where we set goals for the future, and those are all great things. And I believe today that Jesus wants to be with you in both those things. Jesus wants to be with you in the celebrations, and he wants to be with you in the process of changing, of growing, of setting goals, meeting them, of resolutions, of those things. Jesus wants to be with you through it all, right? We see in the Bible, Jesus loved going to parties, right? Jesus was not shy about celebrating. He was rejoicing with those who rejoiced, weeping with those who weeped, but he was also rejoicing. He was going to weddings and turning water into wine, right? Like, you know, if you have a New Year's Eve party tonight, Jesus would be like the best guest ever to have at your party tonight, right? You know that you wouldn't run out of the good stuff, right? Because Jesus would be there. Like, he would be a great guest to have in your house, but Jesus also wants to be with you through the growing, through the changing, through the resolutions. He wants to be with you every day as you grow and mature and be Become the people who's called you to be. He wants to be with you through both those things, through the, the highs and also through the work of our daily lives. Does that make sense? Today I want us to look at a story that I believe captures the spirit of both these things. I want us to turn to Luke chapter 19. We're going to read a story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. So as we turn there, I'm going to pray. Jesus, we thank you. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for 2023. God, I thank you that I get to be here and um, <laughs> close out the year and, and, and bring in the new one, Lord. We thank you for 2023, for all the things that you have done, Lord. And we thank you for what you will do in 2024, Lord. And we just say that we want to be with you. We want more of you in 2024, Lord. So even now, Lord, I ask you for your presence. I pray that you be here with us. I pray that you speak to us. Lord, I pray that you help me communicate your word, that you help us receive from you. We say, come, Holy Spirit. We need you today and every day, forever and always. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. amen, amen. So we're going to look at the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. We're going to do it a few verses at a time. So let's start over here. Where verse 1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and it was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Everybody say Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Thank you. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Next. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed the sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Pause. Let's stay right there. Pause. 
All right. So, this is the beginning of the story. From the verses that we read, what did we learn about Zacchaeus? Go, talk to me. What have we learned about him? He was a short king, right? He was, Zacchaeus was a, a wee little man. He was a short little man, right? He was a short king. Zacchaeus was short, so short that he couldn't see over the crowd, so he had to climb up a tree to be able to see Jesus passing through the crowd. What else did we learn about Zacchaeus? Wealthy. He was wealthy. How did he make his money? Tax collecting, right? Tax collecting. So like at face value, tax collecting just sounds like a, like a boring job, right? Sounds like an accountant, right? But the truth is, tax collectors back in those days, they were very wealthy because those guys were gangsters. Like, there were some bad dudes that were stealing money from their own people, giving them to Rome. Like, they were doing the, the, the Romans' work, but they were also taking a lot of that money for themselves and making themselves rich. So these dudes were bad dudes. They were notorious. People didn't like them. They were gangsters. And, like, people, like... They're like, you're betraying your own people. Who are you? I got all the money. What I care about? What do you think, right? These were these guys. They were attached like they were not good dudes. And it was known. They had a reputation and everything, right? So, okay. So, we learned that Zacchaeus was a short king. We learned that he was a wealthy, bad guy, gangster type of dude. What else did we learn about Zacchaeus from these couple of verses? Curious about Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus. He heard about him, he heard rumors, he heard the fans, he's like, I got to see this man for myself. So he went up to where he knew that Jesus was passing through. He climbed up on a tree because he couldn't see, so he got a better view and stuff, right? And, um, and, and he wanted to see Jesus, had this curiosity. He wanted to see Jesus. So let's keep going. Let's see what happens in this story. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spots, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Everybody say gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Pause right there. Let's stay right there. Okay. So now we learned about Zacchaeus. What can we learn about Jesus in this couple of verses? That's right. Jesus saw him. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but Jesus saw Zacchaeus. He saw him. Right. He was... Walking around, then he said he stopped at the spots. Probably like Zacchaeus was probably like right there where the balloons are, right? Jesus was walking, like paused. He looked up and saw Zacchaeus. And I love this about Jesus, that he saw him and then he said, Zacchaeus. Time out. If you are a bad guy, gangster, notorious dude that's hated by people, and you heard that this Jesus guy is like, you know, the Messiah, right, and he's walking, and he stops by where you are on a tree trying to see him, and he stops by you, you're like, how did I get so lucky, how did, and then he looks up at you and says your name, what would you be feeling? Like, uh-oh, <laughs> oh, he knows me, oh no, he's heard about me, oh no, right, you must be thinking that, like, you get this feeling of like, oh, my goodness, he's heard about me, I'm in trouble, but, that's one way he could have gone, but the way that it looks like he went is by the tone in Jesus' voice and by Jesus saying, come down right now, immediately. I must stay at your house today. It says that Zacchaeus came down gladly. Right? There's something about the tone of voice of Jesus, and I wasn't there, so I don't know for sure, but there must have been something that Zacchaeus, where there could have been Fear of what Jesus was going to do to him that he immediately turns to joy because Jesus saw him and said his name. 
the smart people, scientists, researchers, what do people, they, they said that like the, the research shows that like the most pleasing sound to someone is the sound of their own name coming from somebody else's mouth, right? So the first thing that Jesus did was said Zacchaeus' name. Zacchaeus got to hear Jesus say his name, and I believe that that right there began to change his life forever. So we learned that Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Good job. Right, and then we learned, what else did we learn about Jesus from there, right? He knew his name, yes, he knew his name. And then we learned that Jesus was also not shy about inviting himself over for dinner, right? <laughs> right? And I know that's not very Minnesota culture like to just invite yourself over for dinner, right? Like in Brazil, it happens all the time. If you see somebody, oh, okay, let's go get food. Let's go. You got food at your house? Sweet, let's go, right? And just kind of go over people's houses. But, but we see that Jesus, he, you know, he wasn't very Minnesota. He was like, hey, I'm going to go to your house tonight. Like, I must come to your house. Okay, cool? Yeah, come down. Let's go. You know, and that's, that's that. Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. And I imagine, I, again, I wasn't there, so I don't know, but I imagine that Zacchaeus, like, probably invited some of his other gangster friends to be there with him, right? I imagine that it became, like, a whole dinner party. I don't know for sure because the text doesn't tell us that, but that's just my imagination. Be with the story with me, okay? So that's what I imagine, that Jesus invited himself over to the dinner party. What else? There's one more key thing here that I believe that we can learn about Jesus from this couple verses. Anybody guess? He was fearless for sure. He was confident. He was like, I must come to your house. That's fearlessness. Verse 7. Other people saw this. Oh, sorry, sorry. Other people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Jesus made people mad. Jesus did some things that people were like, wait, what? Jesus, why, why are you hanging out with that guy? Don't you know who he is? Don't you know what he has done? Why are you going to be the guest of a sinner? Jesus made people mad. So we learn about Jesus, that he was looking for Zacchaeus, that he invites himself over, and that he was making people mad because he was going to be a guest of a sinner. Let's see what happens now in verse 8. Now, verse 8, I, I, I'm not sure exactly the time jump between verse 7 and 8. I'm not sure when this was in the night. I have a feeling this was later on, a few hours later. How many, many hours later? Because Jesus was there hanging out for a while. But verse 8 says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And, I, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, which he did, <laughs> I will pay back four times the amounts. Verse 8, we can stay right there in verse 8. Verse 8, we see that Zacchaeus, in the middle of this, you know, dinner party that I imagine, that Zacchaeus decided that his whole life was going to change completely in one dinner party. And we don't know what happened in that dinner party, right? Like, we don't know what Jesus said. We don't know what miracles Jesus performed. We don't know if Jesus just gave him, like, the short version of the Sermon on the Mount. Like, we don't know. We don't know what happened at that dinner. We don't know what happened at Zacchaeus' house. All we know is that Zacchaeus hanging out with Jesus was enough that he completely changed his life. Saying, I'm going to give away half of everything that I have, and if I have stolen money from anybody, which I have, I'm going to give them back. I'm going to repay them four times over, which probably means, like, that's all of it. Right, like he's going to give away all of his stuff. He completely changed his life from being all about greed, all about this and that, to being with Jesus, to following Jesus. He completely changed his life. One dinner with Jesus completely changed his life. The big idea for today is that spending time with Jesus can change your life. Verse 9, just end the story real quick. I think this is beautiful, right? Verse 9, I think Jesus was saying to Zacchaeus, but I think Jesus was also saying to the people who were mad at him, right? The people who were muttering, why is going to be the guest of the sinners, right? Jesus was, I think he was speaking to Zacchaeus and to them. Jesus said to him, 
Today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus left his house to go climb a tree to go see Jesus. He was looking for Jesus. But little did he know, Jesus was the one looking for him the whole way. I mean, he had planned that whole trip just to go be with Zacchaeus. He thought he was looking for him, but Jesus was searching for him already. That's the God that we have. That's the God that we serve. And I believe that the big idea for today is that spending time with Jesus can absolutely change your life. Now, here in this room, um, I'm not sure if we have anybody whose story is exactly like Zacchaeus, right? I, hopefully, we don't have somebody in here who's a tax collector stealing money from their own and, you know, being, you know. But if you are, though, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're hearing this message right now. Just get you your life, right? But, but, like, so we may not be at that level of life change that Zacchaeus had. But how many of you know that we all have things in our lives that we know that there needs to be some change there? There needs to be a little bit of improvement there. We're not perfect. Nobody in this room is perfect. And we are more aware of it than anybody else. That's why New Year's resolutions are a thing. Right? And we try and try and we fail. We fail. Right? We have a tendency of knowing the things that we need to work on. And some people are better than others. But most of us, we can't really change some of these things that we want to. No matter how hard we try. That's why a lot of, you know, New Year's resolutions, they're, they're done within the first couple weeks, a few weeks, right? Gyms are super full in January. By February, they're empty again, right? So we all have this idea that we want to change, but we don't really know how to get there. And what I'm here today to tell you is that Jesus Christ, spending time with him will change your life. And not just one time, it will change it over and over again. He will be with you through that transformation process. That is who he is. Let me, let me just talk about Jesus here for a second, right? I love this, this little paradox about Jesus and who he is, right? The Bible says in Hebrews 13 that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, meaning that he doesn't change. And that's good news because, like, the same Jesus that was with Zacchaeus is the same Jesus that can spend time with you, right? He could, if he did miracles back then, he could do miracles in your life right now, too. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, but... The Bible, all throughout Scripture, we see that he's always doing something new. He's not boring just the same all the time, even though he is the same, but he's always doing a new thing. Isaiah 43, 19 says that, right? He's always doing something new. He's always creating. He's always doing something new. And, right, we see, spoiler alert, we see at the end of the book that one day, Revelation 21, verse 5, that he will make all things new. One day he will make all things new. All the things that right now are not working properly in our lives and in the world, one day he will make all things new to be according to his perfect design. He will make all things new eventually, including you, including me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things will be made new. Today we get to celebrate baptism at the end of the service. And it's all about that. Baptism is a public declaration that, that we are putting away the old life and we're a new creation, that we're becoming new to follow Jesus. I love that. This is who Jesus is. He's always the same. He can change your life just like he did back then, right? He's always doing a new thing. He will make all things new including you. He can change your life. That is the theme of today. That's the big idea. That spending time with Jesus will change your life. So that's the big idea. And now the goal is to be with Jesus more 
in 2024. That rhymes, so it's true. <laughs> be, be with Jesus more in 2024. That is our goal. That is our, our big, that's, that's, that's what we're shooting for, is to spend more time with Jesus in 2024. Now, the question is, how do we do that? All right, we got the big idea, we got the goal. Now the question is, the, the practical stuff, how do we spend more time? How, how do we be with Jesus more in 2024? Rhyming bonus. Um, and the answer to that question is, I'm not sure. I don't know everything. I don't know your life. I don't know your schedule. I don't know what you're going through. Right? I don't know how many kids you have. I have three. It's hard. Right? You know? I don't know. I, don't, I know that the goal is to be with Jesus more in 2024. But how do we do that? The practical stuff, that's something that we, that we need to work out with Jesus, right? So I, I can't tell you exactly what to do. But you know what I can tell you? You know what I'm qualified to teach you how to do very practical application stuff? I'm very qualified, maybe even more than being a pastor, to teach you how to shoot a basketball. Because I am a middle school basketball coach on the side. <laughs> so I put on my, my coaching whistle. Uh oh you got caught in the microphone. Let me put on my coaching whistle over here. I'm not going to blow in the mic. The sound people will kill me. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Right? But I got a basketball here. Thank you for that great pass, Pastor Gary. Right? I coach basketball on the side. I love basketball. I coach fifth and sixth grade boys at, at North Heights Christian Academy. Pray for me. <laughs> We're not doing great. We're one and three. It's, it's, it's rough out there. But I love playing basketball, talking about basketball. I love coaching basketball. It's one of my favorite things to do. And with basketball, I can be very practical. I can teach you how to do something in a few short steps, right? And I love that because being a youth pastor, it's sometimes like the, you, you will only see the results like years in the future. Remember basketball, I could teach somebody once like right, left, go up with your right hand, boom, let's lay up. You did it. Good job. Yay. It's immediate gratification, right? You get to see the results immediately. So in coaching, the thing that I love to coach the most, the thing that I'm best at coaching is teaching people how to shoot because that's honestly, that's all I do now at my little bit older age, right? Some of these guys over here have played basketball with me. Like, that's pretty much all I do is shoot now, right? Right? And that's, I'm, pretty, I'm decent at shooting. I can teach people how to shoot. So I have for my coaching career, and again, this is going to tie back into the message, I promise, okay? I have, I, I came up with an adaptation of an acronym to help people shoot better. Right? Some of my basketball players in the crowd, some of you who know basketball, you probably heard the acronym BEEF, right? For basketball, for teaching people to shoot. If you haven't, that's okay. It's, it's balance, eyes, elbows, follow through, right? That's BEEF. I adapted it and I created kind of my own version. And I'll be actually talking to the youth about this uh, for a while now. So, so you guys know my acronym? What is it? BFF, right? BFF, there it is. What does BFF stand for? Balance, focus, follow through. Boom, boom, boom. She got it. Good job, Sarah. She heard, right? She's, she's my, my, my cheese fan, you know what I mean? Right? But guess what? Sarah in Mercy Youth, right? So the, the, the acronym is BFF, Balance, Focus, and Follow Through. Just recently this week, I've changed the F from follow through to flow. And here's why, right? Let me go through the, the acronym with you guys. To shoot a basketball, you need first balance, right? Meaning... Feet, shoulder width apart, knees bend. You got a good little, like, nice rhythm bounce in. You're, like, you're steady, right? Balance begins with the base, right? And then you want to focus. You want to line up your eyes, your elbows, everything to the hoop, all in line, in targets, right? You want to go up, right? And then you want to, right, when you shoot the shot, you want to hold that follow through up high, right? You want to reach your, your fingers all the way to the target. That's what the normal shot's supposed to be. But I changed the follow through from follow through to flow because this. Because if you do the right steps, but your shot is just, like, clunky, 
if it's forced, right, if it's weird, that follow-through, even though it's important, it may not help you. Does that make sense? Right, so a shot is supposed to have a nice rhythm, a nice, like, balance, focus, flow all the way through. Does that make sense? Does anybody want to try this out real quick? We got time. Today's Big Church Sunday. Kids and you for in here. Does anybody want to try making a shot right now? Pastor Gary is my helper today. We got a little basketball hoop. We got a basketball. Let's get a couple of volunteers. Everybody come up here. Somebody wants to shoot. Who wants to shoot? Let's go. Nobody? Where's Levi? Levi did it first service. Come on, Mikey. Oh, let's go. Let's go, Judah. Let's go. All right, Judah. Pause. All right, Judah. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh, oh. Good job. Good job. Anybody else wants to do it? Here we go. Let's go, Simon. All right, get low. Focus on your balance. Focus. Hey, flow through it. Good job. Anybody else? Right here, right here, right here. Another one. Another one. We've got one more. Pressing here. Hey, good job. We've got one more right there. One more. All right, here we go. Balance. Focus. Line everything up. Hey, beautiful. That's it. Good job. Good job. That's how you shoot a basketball. You want balance. Oh, we got another one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we just... Pastor Gary is going to be doing this for the rest of the service now. <laughs> All right. We have become a Papa Shot service. That's great. Uh, there it is. Hey, good. Awesome. We'll do some more later. We'll do some more later. But, but shooting a basketball, it's all about balance. Then you focus on your targets. Eyes on the prize, right? Elbows underneath the ball, everything lined up. And then you flow through your shots and you hold that follow through your fingers like you're going to the basket. So how does this apply with our goal of being with Jesus more in 2024. Right, I'm going to make the, right, the switch, right, the, the practical application side. I believe that for us to achieve our goal of being with Jesus more in 2024, we need balance. We need to find our balance. We need focus. And we need to write, find the right flow so we can follow through with those desires. Does that make sense? See, when we're talking about balance, right, it's all about foundations. It's all about base. Balance begins with the base. What is, what is your life? What is your schedule? What's the base of it? What, what is it built upon? What is the foundation of your day-to-day -day life? Think about that. I want you to examine. How can I be with Jesus more in the foundation? How can I make Jesus the rock which I stand? We see that right in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus shares this parable of the wise builder, right, where he, you know, the, the, whoever hears my words and listens to them and does them, he'll be like a man who built his house on the rock. When the winds and the seas and all the stuff came against it, he would not fall because he was standing on solid rock and a firm foundation. What is the base, what is the foundation of your life that you can stand on and have balance and not be shaking from left to right and not be falling down all the time? My prayer, my desire for us is that we make Jesus that rock. Then we will learn. Again, we all have different lives here. We all are in different places, but learn how to find that balance with Jesus in your daily lives. That's balance. Now focus. Or again, with the basketball, right, it's very easy. You, you see the hoop. You got to keep your eyes on it. You got to line up your body towards it, right? And then you got to cut out distractions, right? For 56th grade boys, the distractions might be like the, the, the girl who's at the game, and they're like, oh, is she looking? You know, it could be that. It could be many things that draw away your attention, right? And in life, there's many distractions. There's many things fighting for our focus, fighting for our attention. There's many things that wants to, like, take our eyes off the prize and steal our focus. Isn't that true? I believe that our focus should be on Jesus. 
Hebrews 12, I love this verse. Hebrews 12, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So this is like an action verse, right? We're running the race. And to run this race, we got to strip down. we got to lay aside all the distractions, all the weights, all the sin. we got to lay those things down. we got to run. And we run by keeping our eyes on Jesus, by keeping our focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Our focus needs to be Jesus, if our foundation, if our base, our balance is based on him and we keep our eyes on him, right, everything begins to change at that point. We lay aside the distractions. See, Zacchaeus, that's what happened to him, right? He wanted to see Jesus. He turned his focus away from stealing money from others. He wanted to see Jesus. And then like, as he's doing that, his whole base, his whole balance of life changes. Like, oops, everything I'm doing Flip that over. I'm, I'm following Jesus now. My whole foundation of life has changed. I want to follow Jesus. My focus is on him. And now you find the flow. The flow of following Jesus. The flow of being with Jesus. And it does, yes, it does include, include a follow through, right? A physical step that you can take to help you achieve that goal. But flow is not forced. If you're trying to force a flow... It doesn't work out very well. So I, this message, right, anytime we have, we, 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 we have a message about New Year's resolutions or about even like prayer or spending time with Jesus more, there could be a tendency of wanting to make this very legalistic. Like, all right, give me like three steps that I can do and I'm going to do this. And if I do this, I am good. If I don't do this, I have failed. And it becomes very rigid and very forced and very, and, and I don't want that. Because the goal is not be better in 2024. The goal is not, you know, try harder in 2024. The goal is to be with Jesus more. And that more is, I don't know what that more is for you. But you know. And you know the flow that you need to find with him. You know where you're at in your life right now. And it's all about finding the flow instead of trying to force. What works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for your neighbors. It's about you learning your relationship with Jesus, trying to find that flow so things can come from a place of balance, foundations, that your eyes are focused on him, and you can flow through the actions that you actually do to spend time with him. There's this verse that I absolutely love. I, um, it's, it's, I love the, the, the regular version of this verse, but I also love the message version that Eugene Peterson wrote in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. It says this, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I believe that verse is all about flow. Flowing with Jesus. You're walking, keyword with him. Be with Jesus more. You're walking with him. You're working. You're doing the work, but you're working with him. You're watching how he does it. You're learning from him. This unforced, unforced rhythm of grace. It's not rigid. It's not, you know, like trying to push a rock uphill. It's not clunky. It's not forced. It's unforced. And there's a rhythm. There's a flow to this grace of following Jesus. 
He's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for you to try to, like, change yourself and just be better. He's not looking for that. He's looking for grace. He's looking to be with you. To flow with you. To have this unforced relationship, this unforced freedom of grace. And I believe that that is where the transformation happens. The follow-through will come. But a follow-through without flow may not give you the result that you want. You will do actions. You will read the Bible more. You will spend more time in prayer. You will serve whatever, all, whatever the follow-through is for you. Like you will do those things more, but it needs to come from a place of flowing with Jesus. Does that make sense? Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn these unforced freedoms of grace. I'm not sure if Jesus said at that dinner party with Zacchaeus, he's like, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm at your house now, but check it out. Like, people are just, just saw, you know, saw me come hang out with you, and they're complaining that you are a sinner. So I need you to clean up your life. I need you to, you know, sell all this stuff, you know, and then you can follow me. Then we can spend more time together. I don't believe that Jesus did that. I'm not sure if he did or not. It's not a text. But I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't hear that from him, that text. What it looks like is that just the presence of Jesus being in Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus getting to hang out with him for a little bit, made him from out of like an inward flow of his heart once to give up everything and then follow through by giving away his money, by repaying everything that he's owned, right? The, the, the being with Jesus part made Zacchaeus flow with the follow through of changing everything. Does that make sense? I believe that today Jesus loves you. He calls you by name. He knows who you are. He knows where you live. <laughs> and he's inviting himself over. He's inviting himself over to your house for 2024. Worship team, you can come on up. He's inviting yourself over. Not, to, not, because he, not because he's mad at you. Not because he's angry. Not because he's like, that person needs help. No, because he loves you. He came to seek and save the lost. Yes. But he does it with grace and mercy. Go for 2024 is to be with Jesus more. Because being with Jesus changes our life. So I want you, right? Everybody got a little sticky note, right? A little pad. Right? Any connect cards you can write down a prayer request and anything else you're trying to write down a connect card, please turn those in. But I want you to take that paper that you wrote down, uh, the paper that I have given to you, I want you to take that home for yourself. And I just want you to write the letters BFF. Right, balance, focus, flow. And with that, keep it as a reminder, but also start working like, all right, let's make a plan. How can we incorporate this into our lives? How can we make our, our, the BFF plan, our BFFs, our best friends forever, right, for 2024? How can we incorporate this in our lives? I want you to take that paper home with you as a reminder. Because the spending time with Jesus would change your life. So the goal for 2024 is to be with Jesus more. And we do that by balance. Looking at our lives and figuring out where can we, where can we carve out time to be with Jesus. We do that by focusing on Him. What distractions do I need to lay aside? Do I need to reorient where the direction that I'm heading, where I'm looking at, the way that my body is going? How can I focus on Jesus more? The other half flow. How can I learn this unforced rhythm of grace? Jesus.
God, I thank you so much. presence is here. I feel your love for us. You look up at us as a church. You love mercy. You love us in this room and you're inviting yourself over. You're not forceful. You're not rude. You're not yelling at us. You're not angry. inviting yourself over to spend time with us because you know that your gentleness will make us great. You know that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. You know that it's your love that transforms us. So God, even now, Lord, whatever whatever that transformation is that needs to happen in all of our lives, Lord, you know, preach you speak to us kindly that you flow with us, Lord. Flow with us into 2024. That you flow with us. Do what only you can do. May we walk with you, work with you. May we watch how you do it. May we learn from you this unforced rhythm of grace.